You're listening to Realities and Dreams Culture Under COVID, a series of podcasts examining the impact of COVID-19 on the UK creative economy. creative and cultural sector and individual practitioners within it have been hit especially hard by the pandemic. In each episode, a researcher from University of Warwick Centre for Cultural and Media Policy Studies will be talking to a creative practitioner about how their work has been affected and about their hopes for the future. As the rest of the economy slowly emerges from lockdown, artists, performers, writers and musicians are still struggling. Most of the audiences and institutions which support their work are still not able to operate effectively. The interactions and relationships which support their process are severely curtailed. There is little money coming in and many are having to consider other options. Without creative people, the rest of the creative economy cannot survive. How are they coping with this crisis and what can they look forward to in the future? John Laidlaw is the director of rural touring agency Live and Local and one of the UK's leading champions of rural touring. He has played a significant role in making sure that high-quality live arts and culture is made accessible to 19% of the population of the UK that live in rural communities. John has recently been awarded an MBE by the Queen for his services to the cultural sector. He spoke to Vishalakshi Roy from University of Warwick via Zoom on the 6th of July. Well, thank you for talking to us today, John. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how your life or your schedule has changed uh, since since the lockdown um i think it's in in many ways it's been very similar for me um uh, on a personal scale i've i live by myself and i've been doing that for quite a while now so i've I've sort of in one sense it's been uh been quite the same um i've got a new flat so that's that's made it very different for me to what it could have been had i been still living in coventry but I think one, a few things have changed. So I, I'm watching less television for a start, which is good. I'm, I'm doing a little bit more exercise. When I stop for lunch, I, uh, I tend to eat something decent rather than going and getting a rather rubbishy sandwich from a, a local place, which I won't mention on recording. Um, and uh, I think I'm probably turning up to meetings on time for once as well, which is a, so it's, 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 a, it's been a mixed bag. Obviously, I've missed, missed seeing friends, missed seeing family. Right. And, and what have been the, the sort of major changes for, um, for the sector, for the rural arts sector? Uh, during the during the lockdown that's quite a big question well it's i mean yes it is but it's a huge question and i mean as an organization our own organization we immediately cancelled 170 different events across the east and west midlands or film events and live events so it was a an immediate and huge impact on us um i mean i think it was something like 140 of those were live events uh which meant it hit the artists hugely although we were able to pay them uh, uh, certain levels of cancellation fees um it must have hit their pockets really really badly and i mean as professional artists they also like like actually performing so not having that in their lives must have been hell for them I mean, our, our, our many local promoters out in rural communities, they immediately had to close all of their village hall venues or, or churches or schools or uh, you name it. It was immediately closed down. 
a good few of them reopened to provide local services for people. I mean, in the sense of basis of what we do is very much about local people doing stuff for themselves. And rural yeah. communities are absolutely fantastic doing that. And they've been, um, they, I mean, the stories we've heard over the past uh, uh, 12 weeks, as we've been talking to a lot of our promoters um, uh, over the past 12 weeks, and the stories we've heard about our sort of local self-help groups and delivering food and staying in contact with people who are uh, a bit more isolated and uh, uh, having to sort of uh, socially distance or um, uh, even, even more than others have, there's just been fantastic stories. Village halls are the hub of community life. Uh, and whilst they've been, some have been open to buy these services, obviously people haven't been gathering together in them uh, to any extent at all. So, so that's, been, that's been a huge change. Um, I mean, for our, the rest of our sector, I would say one of the, one of the really, I think one of the, the very noticeable things that's come out of this is, our, is by having a national organisation behind this, that's been really good because it's meant that uh, as a sector, and there's there's thirty something schemes across the country. We've had a seat and an awful lot more tables at quite high levels than we would have been able to do as individual organisations. That's been really very helpful, and we've been able to influence uh, the debates and the uh, the sort of um, consultations that have been going on from the DCMS and the Arts Council and such like, because we've got a national organisation who, 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 who've who been extremely busy over the past few few weeks. Um, I would say also other things that have changed. I mean, as, a, as an organisation and probably our sector, we've become a lot more digitally savvy. I'm sure that will be heard in a lot of different places as well. Um, our board, our national bodies board, uh, our whole network, we've been talking together probably a lot more than we normally do. Uh, and I think it's it's made made possible things which we possibly wouldn't have done otherwise. Like we're still having a conference in September, October, but it will be over the best part of two weeks and be a fully digital type of conference, um, yeah. which will probably mean a lot more people will be able to attend. Uh, so there's, there's all sorts of little changes which are, I think, think will cement themselves in place yeah. um that being said i think uh for our own organization we're called live and local not digital and local uh, and i think that's what the essence of a lot about uh, the rural touring network across the country is about um yeah it can shift and change and deliver things in different ways in rural communities but actually what the basis of it is 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 people come together in a village all similar yeah. Uh, uh, in a social setting. Would you say there's been anything surprising or, or unexpected in this time period? And, and especially thinking about uh, the different artists and companies you work with, from their perspective, has there been anything, any anecdotes or any stories that you've heard about it, uh, surprising things that have happened that they wouldn't have done otherwise? I, I, I think the thing that's probably I've noticed most of all is the fabulous amount of online stuff that has come together. Uh, from artists who we didn't know were in that were doing that, and possibly even they didn't know they were doing that until this. So there has been some really great sort of collaborations um, coming together, uh, uh, both you know sort of individual groups who've, um, who who've, who've, who've sort of gone, well, we've got to come up for a different product, and they have come up for a different product. Some of it was a little bit too quick, too soon. 
but actually some real quality stuff is beginning to come through now into our sector. Um, I mean, it's, it's, there are some complications because artists deserve to be paid for this work. And as yet, nobody's quite worked out the perfect model to make that work within our sector. Uh, so I think that, that that's, that's been good. I, I, I can't honestly say I've heard a lot of anecdotes. Um, what we've heard are some, you know, stories about people who've, who've been really quite struggling in the past uh, few months for obvious reasons. Um, and, they, they, you know, many people are falling back, particularly as uh, um, uh, uh, the musicians uh, in terms, they're falling back on actually doing teaching and sim similar things like that. Um, I did I actually did hear one quite good anecdote uh, about somebody who is a who's a quite top end um, classical violinist, uh, um, and she's been earning a bit of a living from uh, doing online online teaching. Um, and uh, uh, it's quite surprising how often um, people are quite happy to spend 10 minutes at the beginning of quite an expensive class setting their children's uh, equipment up rather than doing that before the, the class. I think there are a few other things, yeah, no, there are a few other things which I think have been surprises. Um, I'm just moving away from the artists a, a little bit um, and just looking at the audiences. I think it's, it, in a sense, this isn't a surprise, but the research that we did really demonstrated to us the, the, the strength of the basic model of local people being involved in choosing art and putting it on and getting their local audience in. Because our research has shown that the people who go to our events, the, the people who regularly go to our events in these venues are, um, are happier to return to their local venues sooner than to any other type of venue. Now, to some extent, that's not a surprise. They're frequent attenders at small rural venues. Um, and while some of them do attend further afield, um, I'm not surprised at that. But I think what's, what's, been, uh, what's been so pleasing is it's really demonstrated the strength of the actual model of local people trusting local organisers and being really heavily imbued in their community. And that actually people are beginning outside of our sector to take notice of that. The last thing which has been, uh, I would say, yeah, I would say it's sort of surprising. I wasn't expecting our local authority funders to uh, come in as strong as they did with the support that they did when we asked them at the beginning of this year whether they would still support our network uh, across the East and West Midlands. And all 35 no, 32 local authorities came in with the same level of funding, despite probably being hit for six by what they're having to, to, to pay out at the moment. Um, I mean, there are some potential dangers in that going forward. Um, so I think, think there has been some surprising things. I thought we would, our funding would be, from local authorities would be hit this year. But um, it will be next year that will be the problem. I don't, I don't want to gloss over the downsides at all. I mean, there will be some of our regular providers, um, suppliers, for want of a better word, but artists, creative artists, who, who I suspect will continue creating in their lives because that's what they have to do. That's what's in their heart. But they may not be in the same group of people. They may not be in the same venues. They may not be in the same band. That, that it will come it will be a right old mix-up for a while. Um, but I, I, I hope and believe that creative people will find ways to still make great work. 
but I think there'll be a hell of a shake-up. I mean, some of the big institutions will survive and last, and it will be difficult to, to do that. And at, at, at smaller level, low, at the lowest level, there, there will be re-comings together in different ways. The problem is going to be in that middle sector, I suspect, uh, where, you know, will venues survive? Uh, will small theatre companies or independent separate organisations be able to survive? Um, and I think, well, time time will tell. I mean, there's uh, as we speak today, there's been a, an announcement by the government. Um, we wait to see how much of that will reach the places that really, really need it. So as we start to move out of the lockdown, what are your um, hopes for the rural arts sector? I Well, I'll I go back to what I said a bit earlier. I think more people will be more aware of it um, and actually the model by which it works. And I think that can't be a bad thing. Um, the, the rural touring sector works because local people choose to be involved. We don't do it to people. They choose to work with us and without them, nothing happens. And I think, and it's not like stewards on the door of a theatre who are a vital element to any, any professional theatre. This is a wholly different model uh, where, where the choosing of the show and the promoting of the show is done by uh, people at local level. Now, I mean, you can't transfer that directly into all sorts of different areas, but there's definite learning there from the model that we, we use, which I think will be of benefit to other people. And equally, I think we will be able to benefit from the fact that large, other larger providers um, uh, will find out more about us. And I think there will be better and hopefully more fruitful collaborations going forward. I mean, there are, there are dangers that uh, uh, some larger providers will trample us underfoot if we're not careful. But I think, I think we, we know how to look after ourselves. And I think that will be, I think there's some really fruitful potential collaborations coming up. That, I mean, that, that's hope number one. The hope number two is that uh, our national sector really, I, I think one of the things that's been particularly noticeable, we've, um, uh, we've noticed, I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous to how important artists are to us. Of course they are. They are associate members of our national organisation. But I think out of this, there's a new, there's a shift to being having a better focus on what our national organisation and the, and the member organisations, how they support artists, not just seeing them as people who do shows for us, but actually we need to support them at a deeper level. Uh, and I think there'll be some, there are already some shifts in our national organisation thinking about how, how we do that, how we protect some of the key uh, people who are in our sector who make work. What kind of help do you think uh, you could do with right now or uh, maybe a little bit in the near future to actually get through the all the effects well, of the lockdown? I, I, think, I think the help that we need... I think there's two levels. I'm unbound to going to say money. As an organisation, we're relatively secure this year. Uh, uh, we, we'll, we will take a hit on the income side, but we can, we can hopefully manage that. I mean, some, some of the question marks about when audiences are allowed to return and how big they will be, well, we can mitigate some of those risks if we're careful with it, there's still a little bit of, you know, putting my finger up into the wind to see what wind the di direction the wind is going to go. And it'll be helpful uh, to hear from the government and the DCMS very soon about what their, uh, what their 
the timing on some of their road road maps that they are they're talking about and also some clarity because i think there's still uh, a certain amount of not completely understanding why we can all uh, go and sit in a pub for uh, three hours at a time with social distancing but we can't sit still in a theater uh, with social distancing for less time and not be drunk at the same time so there's some some there's still some anom anomalies but that's with an understanding of the fact that the government has an economic thing to you know to, to balance along with the health thing and all sorts of things like that so i do understand so but there are some i think i think that that's something that needs to be um uh, that that help help is about clarity i think our concern my concern certainly is that we will be caught by rules which are designed to protect a circumstance in a much different sector, uh, a much larger sector in main theatres and even small arts centres. Many of those risks that they're mitigating quite reasonably, we can mitigate very, very easily, much easier in fact, but it could be that the rules and regulations, we will be caught within them. Uh, and I think that's a slight, slight concern. I think time is going to be help, and time is quite often money. Um, one of the concerns I've got is that next year is that local authorities, unless the government supports them to cover the extra costs that they've been meet, having to meet this year, and maybe will have to meet next year, they are going to have to start finding money from within their budgets, and almost inevitably, arts and culture will be fairly high up on their list as it is in the statutory requirement. But it's a start. What they did in today, as we speak now, is an important start, I have to say. Um, and uh, how it compares to other countries in Europe uh, is debatable, but um, I think there's at least a recognition that, um, that actually investment in the arts and culture in this country is, is good, is money well spent. And what I remember off the top of my head, I think the average arts worker returns more into the uh, country than, than on average most workers do. And I can't remember what the exact figures are, but I'm sure you can find them. Just moving on to the future then, what do you think, uh, what are your predictions for what's coming up in the future uh, for the sector? And this could be at, you know, at, um, at any level that you think is, is relevant. So what are your predictions for what, um, arts would look like in the future or what the life of the artists would look like or what indeed the life of the promoters um, who promote in the um, in their village would look like I think one of the things one of the hopeful things for the future I see and it, it is based on research uh, is that the audiences will return into village halls as soon as they are open um, everything suggests that they're looking forward to doing that, as long as it's safe for them to do so. They want to support their community, they want to support their village or, or similar venues. I think they will, they will do that. Um, I hope, and it appears to be that the evidence suggests that, that is a, true across the art sector as well. Um, I think the next level is that uh, I think that the artists who we regularly work with um are they are also looking forward to trying to get back to do some do some work with us and i think there will be more of them i think there will be i think there will be a a, a, a bigger market who will know about rural touring and they artists will come together in new and different ways to actually um 
supply work into our sector, and I hope we hope we can hope we can work with them on that. I I think the future may be that we will be seen in a different light, and we'll be known by more people, and I think that can only be good for ourselves and for the rest of the arts ecology. That sounds really um, well, quite positive and quite hopeful.、Um, Is there any other thoughts or anything? You know, if there was one message that you could kind of、uh, leave us with, that is sort of representative of how you're feeling or how、um, how the sector's feeling at the moment. Is there any sort of final thought? I feel relatively optimistic that our sector will recover from this, mainly because of the nature of the local promoters and the artists we work with. The artists love performing. They love performing in the type of venues that we we work with, and the promoters and their audiences love receiving them. There's a different feeling to the whole thing. There always is, and that's what makes it work. And I think、um, I think that's what will that's what buoys me up is that、uh, is that it is it is about people, and people have been shown to be hugely resilient over the past twelve.、Uh, what is it? Fourteen, fifteen weeks now, and and I think our sector. Is in a very very strong position to pick up on that. I think、um, our sector will be, I think, helpfully leading leading the country out of this to some extent. That sounds like a huge huge future, but I think that's what a lot of people are saying outside of our sector. But we we offer an opportunity, and it is, as I say, nineteen percent of the country who live in rural areas. So、um, I, I am hopeful. But fully aware that not every company and not every venue and not all artists、um, will be、uh, will survive in their current form. That's great. Thank you so much. That's been、uh, really interesting listening to, well, your your summary of of the current situation、um, and where we're going in the future. Thank you. That was John Laidlaw sharing his realities and dreams for the rural live arts sector. It is interesting to note that the impact of the pandemic and lockdown has been felt acutely, not just by artists and performers, but also by the audience. People that enjoy being part of euphoric experiences brought about by live art in their own community and village halls. It is almost inevitable that we will focus on the hardships experienced by the sector at this time, and for that reason, it is refreshing to note the positive action and energy that has been generated, which has sustained artists and arts organisations during COVID. Be that support from local communities, funders, artist networks, or individual artists supporting each other. Covid has brought forward a reality of resilience, camaraderie, and innovation. One thing we can all agree on is that it's going to be a long road to recovery, and at the end of that, a new normal for the cultural sector. However, the dream is for a sector that is more resilient, more transparent, collaborative, and inclusive. I'm Vishalakshi Roy from the University of Warwick. And you've been listening to the podcast "Realities and Dreams: Culture Under Covid." I would like to thank John Laidlaw for his time. Thank you also to Warwick Connecting Cultures and Warwick Productivity and Futures of Work for supporting us. Thank you to my colleagues at the Centre for Culture and Media Policy Studies and Blunt and Bray for producing this podcast series. And lastly, thank you for listening.